Support for the PCTA Fire podcast comes exclusively from listeners like yourself. If you appreciate the work we're doing, please show your support by sharing the podcast on social media and leaving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast streaming service. Thanks once again for tuning in. And without any more delay, let's start the show. Hey guys, real fast before we begin the show, I'm Brennan here. The PCTA Fire Podcast recognizes the position of the Pinellas Classroom Teacher Association as well as the Florida Education Association on their stance on striking. Before we get into this episode and listen to the debate between two sides on the concept of striking in Florida, we do not endorse striking. Please understand that it is illegal to strike. As you'll hear us discuss in the episode, not only will your union be fined into non-existence, but you as well could face fines for participating in a strike. This episode is simply a discussion and a debate on the history of striking in Florida. It's a sensitive topic. It's a passionate subject, but we feel it is an important subject to be discussed among young teachers who are especially frustrated with the current systems in place. Again, we are not the voting or controlling bodies of the union. We are simply a couple of people with microphones discussing topics. Enjoy the show, guys. Hi, everyone. I'm Brennan Pickett, and I'm the FEA director for the Pinellas Classroom Teacher Association. Recently, we wrapped up our final reflections concerning the NEA Representative Assembly. But after two hours of unscripted conversation in Ramsey Aziz's quote-unquote Toby Maguire-esque apartment, various topics unrelated to our experiences at the convention made it on the mic, and we felt it deserved its own episode. Specifically, Florida's relationship with the S-word, or strikes. For a little context before we dive into the conversation, simply put, Florida is a right-to-work state. And many laws are currently working against us in the Florida labor movement in general. However, in 1968, the Florida Education Association did authorize the first teacher-related strike in the history of the United States after increased union activism and state underfunding in the Florida public school system. Depending on who you ask, it was a victory and a failure for Florida teachers. On one side, Florida did end up increasing the funding for public schools and collective bargaining was written into the state constitution. Unions were finally recognized as the bargaining agent for teachers. On the other hand, this came at the cost of an agreement that Florida teachers would never authorize a strike again. It's important to note many educators were never rehired in their school districts after the strike ended. And if the union were to strike today, it would result in heavy fines for the union and individual participants would forfeit their pensions, certificates, and risk the same fines the union would face. With the recent push and pull with striking on a national scene, from the rail worker unions, the writers and actors in Hollywood, the Teamsters with UPS, and now the auto workers in UAW, the topic of a national teacher strike has been a huge topic in my immediate circle, especially since there's a teacher shortage in the country, not just Florida, and it's still ravaging the system. In other words, no one wants to be a teacher anymore. So here we go. I'm going to drop you into where this conversation began with Philip Castro, Dr. Anna Margiata, Ramsey Aziz, Kelsey Donegan, and myself. Enjoy our debate. Um, 
have we moved on to the strike portion of the podcast? Because I would like to uh, say a few things. <laughs> hey, I got I got a lot of revolutionary material in my library over here. I, I can start reading. I I mean I agree. I see what you're saying. Like a strike here probably wouldn't work. It'd probably do a lot of damage. But not if the whole country strikes. If if we did what Teamsters uh, threatened. Um, or what some of these other, like, like the actors and the writers guild are, are doing. Um, I think, I mean, we have like a teacher crisis in the country. It's, it's gone past being a Florida problem. We're kind of like the spotlight right now, but I think if AFT and NEA would really just get it up and say, no, we're not offering free babysitting anymore. Like you need to start paying these educators or we're just walking off the job. So they have no power to actually enforce that. So they should, and they should produce educational material for what walking off the job looks like. I mean, they could, they could send that to other people be like, Hey, like not having your kids while you're at work. What if they were home all the time? That sounds like you should propose that. And doing all of their schoolwork (laughs) online. Remember COVID? Remember when they were all doing their schoolwork online and they were home constantly? Remember that? What if just that for a whole school year? Again, because you refuse to pay your teachers. Because we can do it. We can all upload modules of our work. The kids won't be not getting an education unless they're playing Xbox and PlayStation all day and not actually doing school, which is what happened during COVID. So if we threaten just another COVID year, until they fix this, because this is a giant problem and it's it's past FEA. Like, I'll tell you right now, I'm 0% excited for FEA. One, because I probably won't be here. And two, because I think it's just an empty, it's just screaming into an empty box because we already established FEA has protected themselves. They won't be dissolved in January, but we will be. PCTA, HCTA, all of us are a threat of getting dissolved in January, but not FEA. Well, FEA cares. They would lose so much power if they lost all the local. They already don't. They're have powerless. Pa- What's yeah. the difference? Like, I mean, I, so, I'm, I'm I'm behind Philip on this. So, they have no legitimate power. So FEA, they could. They, I agree. They could call a strike in Florida, and it probably would just be a detriment. But if NEA and AFT really kind of did something to make everybody see what a problem this is and motivate it, yeah. And you know, if they if they want to produce literature, I was looking through this NEA Today copy to see who actually prints this, and it seems like NEA just has their own printing press. Oh, they, they definitely do. Yeah, because I was yeah. curious. I was like, I wonder if this printing press is union, but yeah. but it turns out they just do it themselves, so that's fine. So they can they can produce literature all day long as much as they want. Yeah. I mean, why don't they just start sending that to people? To, to say what I just said. Imagine if all of your teachers just walked off the job. Because we can, we could, we the whole country could just shut and it down. Florida won't. I th- I mean, mean I would. I don't know if Ramsey would. I, I have lose no responsibility. You would just lose your job and they put a scab in. You would lose a job that people are walking off of anyway. But they don't care, Phil. We already had we empty classrooms today. <laughs> we literally had empty classrooms that today. That is true. We did actually yeah, have empty like, classrooms they don't, today. They don't give a... F- and it's also, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree in the sense that we do need, we need to have teeth. We need more than just empty words and hopes. But um, one pro, I was thinking about this at NEA too. We're the largest union in the country, largest labor union in the country. That's a lot of power, but that also makes us extremely unwieldy. Like, it's it's hard to get that many people to cooperate on something in the same way. And something as serious as a strike affect 
Like, I get why you want to do it, because you will live off rice and beans in a tent, and you're fine with that to make a point. You don't have kids, though. You don't have, like, True. people... You don't have a mortgage to pay. Yes. Um, And I, I cannot imagine being any of the teachers at our school... That, I can't imagine... I remember the other day, a uh, friend of the show, legendary person in general, Shannon Vincent. Phenomenal. Um, phenomenal person. I saw a text where she... It was like the first or second day of school where she was talking about this big meal she made for her family after she got home from work. I went home and passed out in bed with my cat because I was just drained, exhausted. I cannot imagine having a family that you were like making dinner for and taking care of and then the thought of, okay, my eight-year-old or my 15-year-old or whoever has to eat food, and if I'm not working, I have no money to bake that house. I, I won't even lie. On that first day of school, I had the two-day leftover pizza. Mind you, I'm also broke. And then I had, a, like, half a beer, and I, like, died. <laughs> but, I mean, so what you're saying makes sense, but increasingly so, this is not a career move for most people. So there are some people, like people who've been on the podcast, like people we know in real life and you know from the show or whatever who are just they've been in it for too long they can't get out they're they're just like neck deep in this is this has been their career because they bought their home 20 years ago when it was affordable their kids are in their teens they're like ready to go to college they're in the trenches know. they're in the trenches they can't do anything so they're stuck uh, but increasingly you've got people like us all of us except for Ramsey are in our 30s childless you know we have like fairly stable living conditions or reliable living conditions right and we can go and do anything with all of our transferable skills and certifications anywhere but I, I want to teach I mean I do too but soon you're not gonna be able to <laughs> I, but like what I'm saying is it's not like a, I don't think of this in any sense as a career up or down or lateral move to something else I I knew in my first two weeks that I will never want to work administration in my life. Oh, yeah, totally. If I want to leave the public schools, my goal would be to go get a tenured professorship somewhere. Right. Because that's the upward mobility. You and I But both. I want to be in a classroom. Yes, yeah. So, like, the idea of, like, transferring my skills to something else or my youth or whatever... It's still a detriment to me because what I want to do is teach. But at the same time, you know, to kind of push back on that as the the 23-year-old, like, who doesn't know anything, um, the one thing I do know, you don't have any responsibilities right now, so you can do that, just like me. I, we, we all three, all, actually, basically all of us, with the exception of uh, Mr. Pickett, who uh, bought a house. Capitalist and has, sellout. Yeah, he bought a house, he has a wife. With Not the, yet, with, tomorrow. With the, exception, <laughs> with the exception of him, the rest of us on this episode, we have no legitimate responsibilities. We could do this. But the day that, you know, Philip is uh, tired of living in an apartment and actually wants to own something, the day when, you know, uh, Anna wants to go ahead and like, you know, go and do whatever it is that Anna wants to do with their life. The day that you want to have a wife and a family, that for me, buying a house is an impossibility. Maybe you guys have a chance. I don't. Brandon, you have, if Brandon's doing it, you might have the potentiality. You know, you just gotta find yourself a girl. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, I need to consolidate wealth Whoa. and status. That's, like, that's the only thing you're doing. Wait, hey, it, it's working for Brendan right now. But like for me, if like, there are any there ladies is, out there who want to consolidate their wealth and status, call me. <laughs> but for like for like me, it's like a legitimate thing that like in ten years from now, like this is not going to be an option. I won't be able to buy a house like 
the, like potentially the rest of you guys. I won't be able to have a family. And I've come to terms with that. I've accepted that. You know, I don't intend to be a, a high school teacher forever. I want to be a college professor. But still, you know, it's such a shame that our title has been dragged to the ground and that this position is no longer seen as a legitimate career that students tell us that they're like, oh yeah, like why, why do you even do this? You know, it's just frustrating. It's so frustrating. So like, we need to take that, I guess, that radical revolutionary stance with our union, you know? But we that's can't what keep, the union does. But it's not. It does. It's playing we the neoliberal game. And we can lobby. Nothing gets done in this country unless you have money. That's it. Nothing gets done. That's why things like we hate keep winning because they have money, right? And what I'm trying to say is they want public education to fail. They yes. want it to yes. fail. We, if we, we all walk out and if Florida teachers all decided to strike, that's it. Public education has failed. It will fail. It doesn't matter. They'll replace it with charter schools. They will. They will. I mean, that you're right about Florida. But again, I'll point to the example of some of the, the national unions, because again, we're talking about NEA. We're talking about the big umbrella organizations like like Teamsters National. They didn't they never even went on strike. They just paraded around. They made they practiced for strike. They put on their uniforms and they held signs and they walked around the building when they were off of work and said, I'm just practicing. I mean, we could do that. We could, I mean, we could do that on Saturdays. We could do that right after school, in front of the buses, as the buses are pulling away, as people are picking up their kids. Say, hi, this is what it's going to look like Monday morning if you don't fix this. Teamsters don't work for the state of Florida. They don't. But threats and do. <laughs> we can threat all we want. They want us to walk off the job. They want us to quit teaching. They want us to leave public schools so, so they can replace them. If we're saying that we don't want to even make the threat because we'll be replaced, that's almost an admission of, of inefficiency anyway. If we're saying, oh, we could be replaced, so that's why we won't do it. I think that's saying that, well, an AI could do my job or a computer or a cop with a gun in the classroom could do my job, which I don't think is true. I think it would take less than a week of teachers walking off and saying, do it yourselves before somebody started to put some wheels into motion to fix what's happening. If we walk out the laws in place right now, it would dissolve FEA, it wouldn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So even if we did all get our jobs back, we would have no more union. It would be literally fined into inexistence. But the thing is, but the thing is, like, you know, we can think about the, some of the great leaders, MLK. If MLK followed the laws, then we wouldn't have any of the civil rights uh, laws that were established. You have to break some eggs in order to cook. You see what I'm saying? You also, this, you also have to do the fight. If we right. just strike, you're not fighting. This, I also want you, look, I feel like a lot of our arguments boil down to idealism versus praxis. Yeah. And you are a person who screams at people who are all praxis and they haven't read theory. That is true. And like, it, and I hope this is a quick caveat, but I feel like it is very related. We had an argument in Atlanta once about a much, outside of teachers, a much bigger idea of like... This is me having an anarchist moment, okay? And you have I, to remember and, that. And I asked him, how are we going to make sure Diesel gets transported from area to area, from uh, populist to populist? If I knew, then and, I, it would already be done. And he, and he was like, it's fine, it'll be fine. It'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I was like, no. So many people would die. Billions, billions of people will starve to death because we Just have starve. this. We have eight 
a trillion plates spinning at the same time. So, like, it is, like, I'm not, it is selfish to think we just got to strike, we got to get through it, because, like, people need to feed their kids. On top of that, rich families, sure, they can hire, you know, they can hire someone to come watch their kids while they're gone, but someone who, a single parent who has kids in school, summers are awful for them sometimes, because what do they do with their kids? Schools save them. We're impacting the neg negatively impacting low-income families by doing something like that. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be part of the conversation at all. I'm not very anti-strike, but I am saying it is not practical or and it is selfish to just immediately shout that out as a quick answer. I really like the just working to contract hours strike yeah. uh, because yeah, the kid like. Sorry, yeah, the kids are going to suffer, their education is going to suffer, because we are in an impossible situation, and it's not our fault, and, like, mm -hmm. we are expected to just absorb that problem and pain, mm -hmm. and, like, sorry, yeah. like, if we don't, it does just go to yeah. your kids. Um, I am... I do, I do believe there, there's, like, a Kairos or, like, an opportune moment for a strike conversation. I don't think this conversation needs to be had while we have a governor who is actively trying to kill us. Right. That that is That's another good. yeah. I mean, so do wait. So do we do it under a Democrat governor? Is that what you're saying? We strike during a Democrat governor? Or when it's more 50-50. Right now, it's the scales are tipped so uneven. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. I I like I say in my classroom. You know, the truth is really somewhere in the middle. It's like there's a big gray area. We tend to like you know, make everything binary and say it's good or bad or yes or no or whatever. But the reality is that like, there's a lot of gray space. And in, we don't, in Western culture, we just don't like that because it's uncertain. But I I mean, you know, Pickett, that I, I love political gamesmanship as much as you, well, maybe not as much as you do, but I definitely love it <laughs> quite love a bit. Political um, so, I mean, you could even do, again, talking about uh, NEA printing their own stuff. Listen, you hear this? This is a magazine. It's stupid. Nobody cares about it. It's a stupid <laughs> magazine that people are gonna put on the bottom of their birdcage. You wanna print something? Start printing a bunch of literature that just says, we're building a strike fund. NEA, we're building a massive millions of dollar strike because that's what Teamsters did. They Every day, again, thinking about like what, 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 PC, what we've been trying to change with PCTA, what we've been saying about FEA, NEA can do it too. And what this is what you were saying. Stop wasting money on NEA Magazine and start making some quick little videos that within the first swiping second, you already know what it's about and you know how to find out more information. Just say, hey, and uh, NEA members, we are building a millions of dollars strike fund just in case. FBI should that's, do that. That's the MBI. That's our MBI. That's yes. our MBI. Yeah. Yeah. Should do that. And there would also be so many donors. Just Absolutely. Like, and it's weird to call out someone like this. Just Matt Damon, I know, would be on Instagram. Like, I just donated $3 million to this fund. Holy so, he's so behind teachers. Yeah. yeah. This is a really good Goodwill idea, hunting actually. himself. <laughs> we need to invite Matt Damon to the park. <laughs> <laughs> Think about all the celebrities who just or, or organizations are yeah. like George Soros. They yeah. don't money. I mean, again, the idea is like you don't you don't want to go on strike because of all the people that we know and we love. We don't want their kids to not have food. We don't want them to not pay their mortgage. Like we don't and legitimately like what you just said Anna is that we want to serve the kids that's why we're here mm -hmm. Kelsey I feel just like you I don't want to leave this job but it really sucks that I'm like looking at other things because uh, I'm apparently too
too poor to have four walls and a roof. Like yeah. that's just where we are yeah. right now. Um, so if you if you continued with a Teamster style threat, because we don't actually want to walk off the job, we want our jobs. We just want them to be better and and a little bit easier because they've just been they've just been degraded. What what, what Ramsey was saying. So build a massive strike fund, get people ready and make them know that we're serious because you said it moments ago, Kelsey, we don't have teeth. The, the yeah. unions that we're a part of don't have any teeth. They feel very spineless, you know, and here we are, we're some of the, I mean, I know I've had a million jobs. I've joked about it on the podcast and you guys know I've had a million jobs. We are some of the hardest working people I have ever encountered. I have never worked in a single cubicle in a single office building that has people hustling and working off the clock as much as we do. You know, I did. I worked with the Teamsters. I wasn't officially a Teamster, but I was there too. So I worked with the Teamsters. I've worked in kitchen restaurants, and we work just as hard as those people. So when you're talking about spending nine thousand dollars, I bet you the executive board of NEA spent nine thousand dollars probably a day on their stupid hotel rooms and their food. I thought nothing of it because that's what those pe those types of people do. And I don't know who they are specifically. I'm not calling them out, you know, individually. But like that's what that position comes with. So we are the ones in the trenches. We are the ones who are going to suffer. So we have the spine, we have the teeth, we have the backbone for it. All you need to do is threaten all of that workhorse power, make that threat very, very real and, and, and palpable and tangible. And I think you will see some movement because people don't believe us right I think now. you could drive membership. A strike fund? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. a really good idea. We, we got your back yeah. when we go on strike. That's what that it, would be. Yeah, people yeah. would really bat. Yeah, that's our that's our MBI for FEA and yeah. for uh, for any, uh, for any yeah. next year. Then to get them to say the yes word. It's always fun saying the yes word because yeah. they like to remind us how much money it would cost. By the way, that's the other thing. It costs millions of dollars. So, so then that's where the, the funds the, for. That's where the funds are for. We need the millions of dollars. We raise it. And like the we other thing, make, we the should other raise a trillion dollars. Get Matt Damon to be a speaker. Yeah. Yo. And as fortunate as it is, too, I, I just want to like make sure it's said in this podcast. One of the uh, biggest issues with this is how how detrimental that is to the kids who are not a part of this at all and are just purely victims. And it's like I feel like teachers and nurses, particularly, are like it's so difficult for us to strike because I don't I don't think there's a single teacher or nurse who doesn't have some sort of moral reason for doing what they're doing yeah. and it's like to know that you are hurting the people you want to be helping mm -hmm. you you have it and it's it's not it's because we're put into a position where we have to and i think so much of it is bigger than just being teachers it's like the reason you can't like none of us can afford an apartment or a house in saint pete is yes our pay needs to raise but like the housing crisis part in the country and particularly in florida and then particularly in the tampa bay area in florida is so egregious that even if we were making sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year it would still be extremely difficult to buy a house or even like afford rent in this area yeah, yeah absolutely so there's so much more to it but yeah um so i guess we're just all gonna eat sardine sandwiches then <laughs> I, okay <laughs> <laughs> There's so much better tasting poor food you could eat. Nah, man, you don't get it. It's like, you know, you never read Patty Smith's book, okay? I read Patty Smith's book, and she said, you olive oil, more. sardine, wheat bread, changed my whole 
life. <laughs> Changed my whole life. It used to be rice and tuna, now it's just sardines. Whether you want to strike or not, it's a common frustration that is brought up and debated regularly within Florida locals. In fact, at the 2022 FEA Delegate Assembly, an authorization to strike went before the delegates for a vote and it failed after another hot debate similar to this one. Let's be crystal clear for any union members listening to this episode. It would cost the union millions of dollars in fines before even got close to helping educators survive without steady income. It's far-fetched, it's nuanced, but it's important to remember how much longer can we as educators in the state of Florida put up with this abuse? We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we have some base awards, so don't go away. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well... Unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's public schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F Y R E pod at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Okay, so... Oh, wait, wait, sorry. What? And we're back. And we're going to begin our base award, folks. <laughs> Again. That's more, more chipper this time. I love how this is so And organized. we're back. And we're here to do the base award. And just so you guys know, the base award is when you have something either, what, incredible happen? Respectable? It's, yes. Or... It's something that's agreeable or respectable. Or agreeable. And we're going to begin with Dr. Anna Margiata. Um, my... <laughs> that's something else. <laughs> this was, time with feelings. That was really good. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Um, 
<laughs> My base award goes to Anita for giving me a shirt today. Um, I had a mess, a mess of a day was my day today. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was because today was the first lab of the year that I did. Um, and so to prepare for it yesterday, I'm like always giving Kelsey a hard time for working outside of contract hours but yesterday I worked for so long like three hours I feel like I don't know like an hour after work getting ready for the lab and then I feel like two hours going through the safety contracts and introductory surveys because I feel like that is something I absolutely need to go through before I actually do a lab with them so that I know any like safety or health concerns that they feel like they need to tell me. And I want to do a lab towards the beginning of the year because it's a fun thing. So it, ugh. So I worked forever yesterday and then today I get in and I'm like, oh man, I forgot to do the safety stuff. So at the beginning of the school year last year, I did the same thing, like because the building is old and like the things aren't used very often at the beginning of the school year. And this was something that I did when I worked at the university too. It's just like a thing that you do at the beginning of every semester, you go and you push the button for the eyewash to clear out the water and you pull the thing to do the safety shower. And last year I did it without incident. And this year I just, made some bad choices um it ended up that i dumped a bunch of water all over myself and my body before first period this morning oh, that's tragic very tragic i took a shower this morning under the safety shower i'll show you the water that came the water was brown yeah. i got some of the water into this the garbage can um and it filled that but then like as i was trying to turn it off i kind of jostled it and shower on me um I was so, my shirt was soaked, so I texted the group chat, and Anita saved me. She sent me a student with a shirt. Oh my God. I did have wet shoes all day. Oh. My jeans dried pretty quickly. Also, probably because I did this, I don't really know. I don't know the the person who was fixing the problem told me not to use the safety equipment. Yes, but like like. You're, I'm going to show you the picture. The water is brown, and I cannot, if I needed to use it today, have that brown water come down on a student. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, but he told me not to use it, and, like, probably because I used it and tested everything, and we've been using the sinks and everything today, my room just leaked. Like, it seeped from the floor and the walls, and just the ground oh, was wet. Oh, that's why the, it was leaking, they said? I don't know. He, pro I feel like probably, huh. probably... But that's, but that's the building is old. The pipes are old. Yeah, what were you thinking using safety? What was I thinking using the safety lab? shower? Saying, like, like, so I it just you should have used water. the artificial urine to like clean the kids or something. So yeah, and then also based oh, you were there. <laughs> also based award. Um, I did the lab today. My room became a mess. Very overwhelmed after school. Kelsey Ramsey and Brennan helped me clean up my room. You are all based. Well, we just kind of sat there and talked about drinking pee. You helped me oh. stop being as overwhelmed and wiped off some tables. That uh, was helpful. A little context to that quote. Um, basically, we went into the uh, uh, storage rooms and whatnot where all the chemicals are. And I never had chemistry, really. So I was, like, giddy as a child. And I found uh, artificial urine. And uh, 
I was just losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, and we all got to drink it. No, <laughs> I really close. I would have done it. I would have done it. So we could add broken safety equipment to broken elevators, which is probably an ADA violation. We, we our our uh, mobility challenge students can't get to their classes. Yeah. Broken safety equipment, broken air conditioners, and the personal problem. They're not broken, but the uh, the printers um, never have any ink, paper, or staples. <laughs> Oh, this is, what are we, day five of school right now? Sometimes the walls seep. (laughs) They just seep into your room, and then you have a giant puddle while kids are doing a lab and walking around with chemicals. That's cool. So, my best award kind of just goes out to to all the homies who have been helping me out recently. Um, You know, if you listen to some of the more recent episodes of the podcast, I'm broke. Sardine sandwiches. Uh, But everybody here has helped me out a lot, you know. Uh, Anna has bought me food. Uh, Brennan and Donnie have been like checking on me. Philip has paid for so many things for me, and I feel terrible about it every single time. Um, but just like to the homies, thank you. And then also to uh, the NTA, I won their $100 gift card, so uh-huh. I can buy groceries. So we're having a good time. That is pretty based. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very based. So to the homies, y'all are based. We love you. Yes. I still think you should spend that gift card on Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Let me buy my groceries first, and then I'll buy video still games. have like 40 bucks left over. It's but like, don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, my base award is, and I'm glad we're all sitting down. You guys are going to be shocked. Shook to your cores. My base award goes to my students this year. Yo! I know. That's crazy. <laughs> um, oh my god, I just got chilly. I think hell froze over. Um, no, I mean, this is, this is what, like day five or something like that? And so far, all my classes are super cool. I seem to have like a lot of cool students. Um, I had a couple of kids who I, I mean, we're still so early in the school year. I don't even really know their names, but they just came in to hang out after school. And we were talking a little bit about video games. And uh, one of them said, I actually hate English class, but I like your class. So, That's good. Um, and I've been hearing from you guys that kids that we share or that you've had last year are saying that they that they really like my class and I'm just stunned because I I'm actively I mean you know if you listen to the show I'm actively trying to make it like inhospitable and they're like no I really like this this is great so like I mean for people listening my classroom like the walls are bare like I took everything down a lot of personality is gone because I'm moving so I'm like taking stuff home with me um, I have not just a phone gulag I have all of your belongings gulag so <laughs> it's they, great yeah so I mean there's si- there's multiple signs within like a six foot walk uh, from the door to the classroom that say take your headphones out turn your phones off put your watches everything in a bag and bag goes up front and they've been doing it everybody's been doing it they've been reading the stuff with me asking and engaging in questions they've been writing the assignments with me and I, I mean it's a complete 180 a total different style of teaching from everything I've ever wanted to do everything I ever thought I would do and weirdly enough the kids are responding extremely positively to it <laughs> So we all need a phone gulag. We all need a everything gulag. I mean, I've said it before. Um, people want to be controlled, so. <laughs> people want to be controlled. God, the know. kids crave authoritarianism. Oh, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. They lack discipline. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my students this year are extremely based. Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? <sighs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> My baseline award goes to Becky Pringle, arbiter of justice. <laughs> she is so phenomenally good at her she job. She did great. 
Oh my god. It's it, it, I was genuinely kind of in awe watching someone who handled so much nonsense with so much non like no nonsense taking uh grace. Um and just watching her not only deal with people but like watching someone who can s- step out of emotion fully it's like it, for any of you who play magic the gathering or dungeons and dragons when you're watching a magic the gathering judge or a really good dm fully in their rules mode of like just zone it's kind of a really cool thing to watch and that's becky pringle managing five thousand pe- people with all of nea's obscure rules just floating around inside her skull like that meme of the woman doing like math calculations in front of her it's so cool uh my real based award though i'm stealing from philip but not really because it's different students so it's different people um I spent a long time working jobs uh, purely based on capital, on gaining capital. Uh, for those who don't know, I spent about five years in um, this, uh, housing and but like mostly in student housing, some commercial housing. Um, I was a leasing and marketing manager for a while. I drove Uber for a while. And it, <laughs> there came a point where I was like, I cannot spend my life just making rich people more money. I need to do something with my labor that has real value. And last year I got a taste of that for the first time in my life, watching kids actually learn because of things and grow because of things I was teaching them. Um, Watching kids who absolutely, and like, look, when I say kids, I, about this one at least, I do mean like three of them and that's fine. Um, You're not going to inspire everyone, but watching kids who walked in and would be like, I hate English. This is a boring class. And six months later, I'm their favorite teacher of their favorite class that they're excited to go to. What an incredible feeling. So the reason my based award, and I know I'm sorry I'm going on a long time here, but the reason my based award goes to my students now is because I did not expect the unexpected pleasure of returning to school And having kids come back and be like, man, we missed you. Like, I'm really sad I don't have your class this year. I'm really happy I do have your class again this year. Um, Kids who I don't, aren't even my students anymore, still coming back to eat lunch in my room. I, yeah, no, it was something I wasn't even, like, thinking about and just really felt incredible uh, to happen, so. That's awesome. Shout out students. That is super based. Very based. (laughs) Very based. My base award goes to my wife. We've been trying to do a lot lately, lately, and I feel like I've been juggling a thousand things. Like today we had that NTA thing. Yeah. This guy just threw it at me, and I had to like slap it together. First, I got told I can't use the media center, and I was like, I don't even care about this. Like, I really don't care about this NTA event. It, it's frustrating, but. We're buying a house, and tomorrow I close, and finally I feel like I'm, I'm crossing a finish line and I can breathe, because it's been, I'm, this is my privilege speaking, buying a house sucks. It is the most annoying and stressful thing in the world. Like, people call you all the time and ask you stupid questions and, like, tell you you filled out documents wrong when they give horrible instructions through email because they're illiterate. Like, they probably had my class. <laughs> and um, it, it's really frustrating and it's over and starting tomorrow I think I'm going to get the key and I'm going to have 
a property, and I can begin my American dream. He's gonna be a petty bourgeois. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Super base. Yeah. yeah. So that mm-hmm. is my base award. My wife for sticking around and like dealing with all this with me. Mm-hmm. If you love her so much, why don't you marry her? <laughs> I don't think you understood the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> It was that? No, it was I like that. I mean, I guess with the exception of Anna's, I mean, it is positive in the way that we now know that all of our safety equipment is broken and that the kids just better not hurt themselves at all ever. But like all of our stuff is, is pretty positive. So I think I think that in itself is kind of its own basedness. So we all, we all have pretty cool base stuff. Again, I'm sorry, Anna, but. I just had a bad day today. That was a bad day. But you know what? The upside is you you had all of your friends with the exception of me for some reason. I, I don't. You were busy. Printing, oh yeah, that's right. I have to print a million things. Okay, because I don't do technology in my classroom. <laughs> so I had to print all of the textbooks. I'm so I'm sorry I didn't get to help you, but you got you it's got fine. a little help from your friends as well. So I did Ramsey. So everything pretty positive. I like that. Well, that's the show. Thanks again for listening to the PCTA Fire Podcast. Bye guys. Bye. We're people. <laughs> We're people. We're people. So I love how scuffed this is. This is such, this is the best recording session <laughs> in the in Ramsey's apartment. <laughs>